You've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit, but your feast is nearly over. This is not my hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. Why aren't you laughing? From this moment on, none of you are safe. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library. I'm your host, Ryan Lauer. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Just go to batmanonfilm.com, click on podcasts, and you'll find the Batman Podcast Network. That has a whole list of other Bat-related shows that also like to dive into other nerdy subjects that all of us, including and especially one Sir Peter Arvera, love to frolic about in uh, their free time. Peter's Park for Frolicking. It's coming soon. Batman Book Club is also on Patreon. If you like what's going on with the show and you want to help support the show, keep those generators running in the Wayne Manor study. Just go to patreon.com slash TheBatmanBC and join some very generous other people who are helping out the show. It's much appreciated. Now, thank you for listening to episode 158, Beyond the White Knight. Joining me is a fellow White Knight fanatic. Uh, You've heard his voice on this show uh, quite a few times. He's also a host of his own show, The Fire Rises. It's one Sir Eric Carter. Eric, welcome back to the Batman Book Club. Thank you for having me, Ryan. And I think that's an apt description. Fanatic would be yeah. fanatic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your longtime fan of uh, of Sean Murphy. So going all the way back yeah. to American Vampire. Oh yeah. So yeah, I, I do love some Sean Murphy. So thank you for having me on for this. Of course. I'm glad you came back. Uh, enjoy having you on. And I think it was really funny because even on your show, um, I guess he's your co-host, Joe Fornerato. That old rascal, he even said at one point, too, like, oh, gee, let me guess. Eric's going back on the Batman book club. What Sean Murphy things next? <laughs> but, you know, the funny thing about that is I've only talked to one Sean Murphy book with you. You have. That's that. That is funny. You talked to. Yeah, the original White Knight, which was I had to look this up because I figured it was going to come up today. Uh, episode 47, which is way back in March of 2021. Um, yeah, you talked uh, White Knight. But then, I mean, outside of that, we did Gates of Gotham. You did Last Night on Earth. I know there's one more. We did um, at least one more. I was just looking at it the other day. Dark Prince Charming. Ah, yes. Dark Prince Charming. Bravo. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what a good story. People talk like it's, it's a, you know, it's a cool thing online to just be like, this is un, un, uh, underrated. Today, I kid you not, somebody even posted that White Knight is severely unrelated, doesn't get enough love or attention. And I'm like, so I think you're just trying to get attention. So people like to throw hot takes out there. So you can be like, what? It's so good. It's not underrated blah, blah, or whatever. And it's like, that book's not underrated. It's very successful. People are very aware yeah. of how good it is and gets all the talk. Um, There's a reason they're now on their fifth entry mm-hmm. in the universe. Yes. Um, well, Generation Joker be. Yeah, it's fifth. Yep. Yep. yep sorry. You're, you're right. Um. But then Dark Prince Charming, I would go into the I think that's an underrated story that still isn't getting as much attention as it could and should, because that as we talk to death about it, that's a good book. (laughs) That's a good story. 
Well, yeah. And with this one, I had to go the opposite direction because the last time I was on with you, I think I set a milestone with you for talking about the, the one Batman book that you don't like (laughs) 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 with last night on earth. Yeah. Which I've heard you Um, mention several times since then. I have. Yes. Because it's, um, it was interesting to me. Uh, and it, and it still ended up being a good conversation, which I got excited about it because I'm like, I really just, I don't think even in reading this now and it'd been a while and reading the whole thing through, I'm like, I just don't think I, I just don't like this story. It's not for me, but I look forward to the conversation. Uh, still the most stressful episode is when Javi was on and we talked Batman RIP. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Those two episodes seem to come up up a lot with each other all the time. So so there you go. You've etched your own special, you know, appearance on this show is, uh, I'll take, I got to talk about something that Ryan didn't, didn't like. And then Javi's the one that got me on blood pressure medication. So, uh, (laughs) shout out to Javi. Thanks. Uh, I say let's let's dig in because we have a lot to unpack with uh, with this story. So let's talk us some Batman Beyond the White Knight. This is a recent entry uh, released in first first issue released in March of 2022. Final issue was released earlier this year. The issues were obviously released physically, um, digitally. The hardcover just came out. The It's really funny to me. Issues one through six, I think the Red Hood issues are on DC Universe Infinite. But you need Ultra to read seven and eight. So it's a little strange to me that the hardcover collection is out that you can read. But not all of them are yet on DC Universe um, Infinite. That's strange to me, but whatever, because uh, my favorite app of all time, Hoopla, has the collection available for you to check out. So, Eric, which version did you read for this episode? Well, just for you. Yeah. Because I know you love it. Oh, this time I did read the Hoopla edition. Yeah, Just because go. it was it was all collected in, mm-hmm. in one neat package. And, you know, I, I love DC Universe Infinite. I'm Infinite. an Ultra member. Yeah. So I could oh. have done that, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just decided to download the whole thing on, on Hoopla. Nice. Hoopla, it's convenient if you're able to uh, get Hoopla, and uh, it's a great resource. I um, am a fanatic, as I already mentioned, so my hardcover just came in. I finally got my hands on it just yesterday, so I've been doing some fast reading because when I get the, you know, when I get a hardcover all my i have the single issues physically they're here too but it's like no i want to read the i want to read the hardcover that's what i just spent my money on so i got to read the hardcover and eric's got his stack of singles as well so, so um well the hardcover i did want to say really quickly about that so i i love hardcover comics mm-hmm. especially of of the collected editions that i love agreed um however I have been burned time after time with especially this series because I like oversized hardcover. Mm-hmm. And the first two books in the series both have deluxe editions, which came out six months to a year after the standard sized hardcover. Gotcha. And I had bought the standard size both times and then the deluxe came out right after. So not this time, Ryan. I have held off. Time. I'm staying strong. 
I'm going to wait for that deluxe edition. I understand. So I almost have, I'm a double dipper. So if I end up getting physical issues of a story and I love it so much, I will, I will get um, a collected edition, preferably hardcover. Cause I too am one that I prefer hardcover over the trade. Um, this was in, so when white Knight came out, I got each issue. They released the hardcover. And I mean, I was, I was living like deep in Chicago and I was trying to be you know responsible. And I'm like, I don't need a double dip. This is where I can stop doing my double dipping. I've got the singles and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then I was like hearing, I think I was hearing somewhere that maybe like the first issue, because the series was such a hit that like single issues were starting to, you know, become valuable. And I was like, well, I need to stop pulling these every time I want to read them, pulling them out of the, the bag and board. And I, it's going to get very worn quickly. So then I was like, okay, I just need to get. And at that time, the hardcovers have already gone through. And now the trade was out. And then the hardcover was becoming more expensive. So I just said, screw it. And I bought the trade. Uh, then the deluxe edition came out. And I was like, no, I've got the trade. I don't need to triple dip now and and all that stuff. Then Curse came out and... I got the heart, the regular sized hardcover and then deluxe edition was announced for that. And I'm like, well, now what the hell am I supposed to do? So then I went back and I bought the hardcover regular size of the first one because Harley Quinn then came out as a regular size hardcover only. This one's a regular and all that. And I'm like, my OCD, like I, it won't let me have inconsistent trade paperback, deluxe edition, oversized, regular hardcover. So, so I just went for consistency. Um, and then I hope the one that's bothering me, Ryan. I Harley Quinn, White Knight Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. I have the standard because I don't know if they're going to do a deluxe or not. And it's been quite yeah. a while since that standard came out. So yeah. I did get that one. Yeah. So it's just consistency sake for me that that's what I'm going with. But I'm hoping inevitably um, and we'll I'll bring I'll bring this up uh, in our conversation too. that if there's going to be an omnibus oversized or absolute, you know, something like that which absolute, I don't know what all they'd include in the absolute because just the standard white knight only series, you're talking 24 issues in an absolute. Well, now the two red hoods, the double size Von Freeze, the Harley Quinn. Now it's almost like, oh, I don't think you can get all of that in one absolute. So curious if that's the route they go, which I hope they do at some point, um, what all would be included. So right now I've got just the standard size, but I I know I'm going to get a trigger finger at some point and probably get the deluxe editions right before they announce like an absolute, <laughs> but whatever I'm all in, I'm all in on this, whatever, bring it on. I'm, I'm the dope that will buy every version that comes out eventually. <laughs> um, I know the answer to this, but you know, I have to ask when was, when did you first read this? As it was coming out issue by issue. There you um, go. That's it started with. So the last time I was behind on white Knight, the series Mm-hmm. was the first book because when white Knight started coming out it was like two episodes deep when somebody recommended it to me and ever since then i have picked up every one of these issues as it releases mm-hmm. so yeah sean murphy is uh he, he's got my money for sure yeah. it's an automatic purchase yeah i was really lucky and i mean we can we can touch on his work after we get through these questions but i mean i was already in because where I lived at in Chicago was like pick my, my Avenue. And I had three fully stocked kind of big comic book shops near me. So it was good. And also maybe bad for me because I bought a lot of comics. Um, 
And I was like, oh, a, a new Batman series is coming out. New Batman miniseries is eight issues. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's Sean Murphy. He's like, oh, I'm a fan. Of, I'm a fan of his. I like his work. I'm like, cool. And I was just looking forward to another Batman series. And yeah, fortunately, I was in from the ground, the ground floor on that one. First issue I went and bought and everything since then um, got like followed it. I've gotten to review it all on Batman on film. So, I mean, with this one, too, this one I read first this no harley quinn i was no i was able to do all of them yeah this one was kind of nice because i was able to actually read them just like a little bit early as well and we'll get into that too have a lot to unpack here lastly i have to ask you um this is gonna be a hard one so don't hurt your brain why beyond the white knight why is that the the book of choice well um i've shilled for mr murphy quite a bit already Mm -hmm. um but yeah it, it was just you know one of my was it my no so we were talking about it before we started recording and i can't remember was gates of gotham or white knight my first my first gates of gotham was your first okay so i knew white knight was pretty early and when this one was coming out we had talked about this while the book was still ongoing i believe i said i want this one whenever it comes around and then we it was several months later and you said okay the hardcover is coming out on this date um, are you still interested? And I was like, absolutely. So I had it set in my mind before I'd even finished this particular series that I wanted to talk about it. So Sweet. yeah, here we are. Didn't have to twist my arm. Yeah. I think the only, no. um, I think it actually just kind of lined up, you know, because I get a, I have a general idea kind of way ahead of, uh, you know, getting each month kind of, you know, mapped out and planned. And I think it was, it was like, Hey, uh, I think June was even it. And I was like, June, you want to come? back on on June it's lining up that that's going to be it and then you said yeah and you wanted to do this and I'm like well actually hardcover comes out let's do it after the hardcover so that I can have it and also it's you know relevant now of like hey because that's that's what I've uh sometimes of recording and then the drop in the episode and then like the following month a new edition comes out or something like that I'm like oh I should have timed that a little bit better not a huge deal or anything um that's when you repost Ryan you retweet that's true hey. yeah I just totally invade everybody's uh, Twitter with comments where it's just like, you know, hey, I'm just out here mowing my lawn today. Cool. Batman Beyond the White Knight hardcovers available <laughs> in all retailers check out online our and in your comic book shops. <laughs> Meanwhile, check out the episode. <laughs> so, Motor podcasters, if not shields. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have no shame. Beyond the White Knight. So this... Of all of them. So there's a couple of um, fun angles for me in doing this recording. First off, uh, special moment, Eric, because this is the first time I'm recording a podcast in my new Secret Labs Batman chair, which shout out to you. Shout out to Ryan Haas, who I asked many a times, how great is this chair? Because I need to pull a trigger on a desk chair. And you both easily persuaded me of like, yeah, it's uh not going to regret it and i have no regrets it's wonderful so it's a big it's a big moment it's a big podcast that nobody's going to know what chair i'm sitting in but (laughs) congratulations by the way yeah thanks i'm very comfortable um and watch this will be the one that everybody's like ryan are you okay you sounded like crap on that episode damn it It who's the chair (laughs) but uh second this so actually like batman beyond the white knight was i think one of the most fun i like batman series but then maybe comic series that i have followed throughout its release 
in a very long time for me. Um, yeah, because number one, the story I think is just, I mean, it lives up to fitting into the Murphy verse, fitting into the white Knight brand, which is just something, you know, they're kind of anomalies sometimes when stories can consistently be consistent and, and by that being consistently good. And so the, the story itself coming out was good and lived up to that. But then not trying to do shameless plug, but throughout its release, I was able to actually sit and record an interview, Sean Murphy twice uh, on Batman on film. One time was the night before the first issue dropped where uh, it was just me sitting with him. And then the second time was basically like, as I called it on that, the intermission, like right in the middle of the red hood intermission, uh, me and Javi Truio sat down with and got to interview Sean. And it was a total just kind of, I don't like, I don't know how managed some like to be able to, that he like responded to my message. Um, but he was very generous and just was just like, yeah, the, cause I think there was, a little bit of a release uh, hiccup in that first issue to places. And so he was trying to, um, you know, get the word out a little bit more. And so, yeah, he accepted. And I sat and I got to talk to him for just over an hour about that book, about the first issue and the story itself where he was showing. Uh, let's see. This was the night before issue one dropped. And I think he was drawing issue four. And so he was showing pieces of issue four that he was working on. He was showing his clay model, of the, like the bat, I think either the GTO vehicle or the Batmobile for that book. He showed me what he had made on that. He sent me an email that had issues two and three in it. Um, and then he kind of did the, did the same thing for, I think it was, yeah. When we talked to him the second time he'd sent, um, the next issue, which was, you know, over a month away when he wrapped up issue eight, he sent it and was just like, just please no spoilers. I'm like, no, I'm not going to tell anybody that I read this, but you know, it was really cool. Like these like moments following this book. And then, like I said, the, so I'm getting to talk to the creator firsthand, uh, emailing him back and forth. And then on top of that, his book is still really damn good. So it's mm-hmm. just, I think a lot around this story is like, is a, it was just a really, really fun time for me, like personally of following the story on, on all elements. Oh, and then like wrote every, every issue for or a review for every issue and put it on Batman on film, not to mention the uh, wrap up episodes that I do with Pete every month for the Batman book club. We, we both got to talk about it and we both felt the same way about it. So it was just like a lot of fun for me to follow each month. And then we, you and I also found, and I can't remember who found it first, but Coast City Comics during Coast this City Comics was doing the, you know, Sean Murphy had sent a signed copies, mm-hmm. I think each issue, correct? Uh, to Coast I, City yeah. Comics and you could buy them online. So you and I were Thanks for discussing this book as it was coming out. Um, so, and I know we both have signed copies. I've got my issue one, the variant cover here from Coast That's City what Comics. That's I'm trying to, trying to grab right here too. Yeah. Same, same Z's, yeah. me too. So Uh, it was a very exciting just build during that. And I do remember when you released the episodes because I told you I listened to maybe five, 10 minutes of the first one 
And then I said, Ryan, you've got my download, but I'm pausing this and I'm going to listen once <laughs> yeah. I'm done with the book. <laughs> he's he's saying some things that I don't want to know yet. I want to wait till after yeah, I read exactly. it. And I was like, okay, I respect that. I get you. Um, Cause I'm very big on, I don't want to know spoilers either. And both conversations that kind of escaped me a little because I'd read the, the issue that he was talking about. Um, so you'd said that to me. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, whoops. My bad, but, the, but do listen to it. It's interviews. really good. <laughs> when I listen to them after the fact, they're great interviews. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's so easy to talk to. I mean, in the end, he's so freaking open and you get this sense of like, I think that he's, he's grateful and appreciative. He's also real and like, not like no bullshit is I don't sense that like, ah, oh, he's feeding me a line or anything like that. It's like, either you're a really good liar or like, I totally believe you know, everything that what you're saying is 100% real. I think he's, it's 100% real. So I always, I appreciate that too. And so with that first issue hiccup, so you mentioned Coast City Comics, which they still do. Um, I think you can find some stuff there now, if you go on their, their website, uh, that there's still Sean Murphy stuff signed available through them. And they, I'm pretty sure they'll still ship it. Cause that's how I got my, my issue. But the first issue was the variant, um, that he signed generation Joker number one, um, Sean has their signed. I think issue number two is signed because he does the covers and he's got story credits on that. But Javi, so coincidentally enough, after I interviewed him that first, so before the first issue dropped, like that Saturday, Sean was in Texas doing a signing at a comic shop and it was close to Javi or like within driving distance. So Javi drove and uh, stood in the blistering Texas summer sun um no it wasn't the summer it was spring but i mean still hot but got got a signature um got autographs and then in the mail it finally it arrived to me like the next week or the week after that he that they were in cahoots and javi got that the first um what do you want to call it the main cover for the first issue that Mm, was available there yeah he got me that one and then sean drew like sketched on the cover and then he personalized it on the inside. So um still appreciative awesome. of that. And again, thanks, Javi. Um, that was that was very cool. Cause that issue, like this cover was really hard to find. I went to comic shops and they, you know, there was a hiccup, and so they didn't have any. I couldn't find it anywhere. I see in your stack you have that cover. I do. Uh, well, if you remember this, because they my shop had one copy of this one left. No, this was in my pull list. But they mm-hmm. could not because I had selected the main cover and the variant and they could not get enough of both to put in everybody's boxes. So it was the luck of, of the draw what you got. And I ended up getting the main cover, which and is the harder one to, enough to, to get anyway. <laughs> yeah. And I was lucky enough to get the the variant on Coast City Comics signed. So it all worked out. And, and a hell of a deal, too. I think oh, yeah. maybe the shipping was great and it was quick. Shipping was great. It's like $2 maybe extra because mm-hmm. it was signed and that's it. And it's like, Hey, <laughs> get a, get a cheaper signature from a, you know, an a level artist and or writer, you know, like, and, and what a bargain. So yeah, I mean, stuff's still available now. I highly recommend it. So there's another note that I'll bring up as we maybe talk like towards the end of this episode. Um, but let's dive into it. Um, uh, where do you want to, I mean, where do you want to hit? There's a lot. I think you can almost guarantee every, each iteration of the white Knight story, at least of the main story, that there's a lot to unpack. And mm-hmm. they're similar to curse of the white Knight for me. 
I wasn't a, like, I'm just not a fan of Azrael. I may have said that once or 12 times on this show. And I liked, I really liked what he did with Azrael in Curse of the White Knight. Knowing because he'd mentioned years ago on Bat Force Radio his initial plan of what he was maybe going to try and do, and he did stick to it. That and then he announced that Beyond the White Knight was coming next. I'm like, oh, I like Batman Beyond. I don't love it. I'm not a binger of Batman Beyond. I haven't seen every episode because I just don't make it through watching the whole series. And then it's also like, so you have the beyond factor. And then this is also taking place in like a, a more future Gotham. So I'm like, so is it going futuristic and sci-fi sci-fi is not one of my favorite genres. So it's like, those are two big things coming into play for the story that aren't like that. I'm not obsessed about, but it, I mean, you have the same guy that's been constructing this whole universe. He's continuing on. So I, I like also didn't have any doubts. It was more so like, I'm curious how you're going to win me over on this story. How is your feeling? How are your feelings leading so, up to this? Um, I came into Batman Beyond much later than when it aired. Like I, mm-hmm. I saw episodes when it was airing. I remember seeing uh, Return of the Joker at, at one point before the, uh, you know, I can't, I think just shortly after it came out, really liked that. Mm -hmm. Um, Great movie. But I didn't really get into this show much until, so it was, it was re-airing, I think on maybe Toonami, right around the time of Batman Begins. Mm. Um, Somewhere around in there, because my little brother loved the show. That Mm kind of became his de facto Batman. That one and um, the Reno Romano, the Batman series. the Batman. So those were his Batman and I watched those with him. So I kind of gained an appreciation. And then at some point I realized uh, that Will Friedel from Boy Meets World was Eric Terry McGinnis. Yeah. The it, hero it, of that he's show. A, he's a sweetheart <laughs> of a guy, by the way. Never met um, him, unfortunately. I'd like to. I, I met him at GalaxyCon in Raleigh. He's very sweetheart. Um, but so when it, all those puzzle pieces came together and I really gained an appreciation for it, it is not my, my favorite Batman show at all, mm-hmm. um, but I really, really enjoy Batman Beyond. I have the the Blu-ray set. So when I knew that he was going to do Batman Beyond, and I think I had heard that on that same Bat Force radio episode that you were, you're referring to, I was intrigued because mm-hmm. um, I knew Sean Murphy was going to put a spin on it that I'd enjoy. Uh, so intrigued, I think is the best way to put it. Cause I was curious with as much love as he pays to all kinds of iterations to Batman, whether it be the movies, uh, clearly the animated series yeah. and now this new animated series, I knew he was going to do something interesting. So it did not put me off at all that he was going the beyond route. Mm-hmm. And it felt like it felt organic also, um, mm-hmm. So I, I mean, applaud I applaud that that almost almost like the foresight of the plan and the idea of where he's going to take some things and by sticking to that plan, and then it also it works, you know. And each each story builds on the one previous. I uh, mm. I mean, you can argue like this one builds on the two previous, the three if you count, you know, the Harley Quinn spinoff as well. Like everything just continues to connect and build off of each other, which is also really impressive. Um, and there's a, there's a nice gap in time as you can, 
uh, imagine here, but then the proof is in the last time we, you know, curse had the birth of the twins. Harley had, you know, not long after that. And then in this one, the twins are like 12 years old. So, Hey, mm-hmm. there's a big gap here. Um, and I mean, still just like made it works in starting off too. like, well, Bruce is in jail. Is he not ever going to be Batman? But then you see the first, you know, you see the, the cover of the first issue and it's okay. Well, there's, there's a Batman. Um, huh. Okay. So he's probably going to be Batman at some point. And then though it is beyond and Batman beyond influenced, Bruce Wayne is the main character period. That's, that's what I love about this. The most is because I was, that was probably my primary concern is, okay. So are we doing old man, Bruce that can't, you know, that can't be Batman at all anymore. How are we going to do this? And it really becomes Terry is a very strong supporting character, but it's still Mm -hmm. Bruce Wayne's story, Mm -hmm. which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, Because that was, that's the one drawback for me about the series is there's, there's not enough Bruce. There's not enough of, of my Batman, you know? So like the, of all the white TV Murphy verse. No, the TV series. That's my drawback with the TV series, Batman Beyond. That's why it can't oh, be a favorite. Oh, oh, oh gotcha. Mine. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That um, was my detractor. So, that's why I strayed away from it because I'm like, that's not Bruce Wayne under the cow. So no, that's not Batman. And the like, best episodes <laughs> of that show are when Bruce is heavily involved. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. as the old man Bruce, it's a standout when he's more involved. So yeah, the, the direction they went with the book, it's still... This, you know, it's still Sean Murphy's Bruce, his Batman, mm-hmm. um, but we've got this new supporting character in Terry McGinnis, and I think it works really well. I agree. And it's so, I mean, it's it's Bruce's story. However, keeping under wraps, um, Joker was coming, but I mean, in addition to Bruce, you have Jack slash Joker. You have Harley Quinn, you have Dick Grayson, you have Barbara Gordon, you have uh, Derek Powers, Thomas. you have it, Derek Powers, right? So that's what's really bad is that for some freaking reason, I always question his first name. I'm always like, I know mm-hmm. it's Powers, Derek Powers, right? Um, you have mm-hmm. him, you have um, Duke Thomas, you've got the twins, you've got Jason Todd, you have a new character in Gan. Um, which doesn't get a ton of screen time outside of the two Red Hood issues. But all of that, like all of those characters, and I wouldn't, and when it all wrapped up, I wouldn't say that I felt like anybody got shortchanged. No, you know? I agree. Yeah, he did a That's very impressive. good, <laughs> he, he did a great balancing act with a huge ensemble. Mm-hmm. Um, And that's, I mean, when it's a Batman book, it's easy to get, I think just laser focused on Batman and, and lose some of the side characters, but no, he, yeah. he did a great job throughout. Um, if anything, I mean, you, you would think maybe Barbara was not so heavily focused on, but even she, okay. I mean, between her and Dick, they, they still had, you know, huge moments in the story. Yeah. Uh, something that I was got very repetitive about, I think in talking each month about each issue and then in writing the review for each issue is that I just kept complimenting the pacing because Mm. I, I I like comics of all varieties, you know, uh, very little dialogue, a lot of dialogue. Um, it just depends on the story. There's a lot covering, you know, original ideas and IP heroes, non-heroes, all that. 
I like a variety, but I think a strength with Murphy's writing is that like that pacing, the book, like when you start it, it just goes. It's mm-hmm. n- it's never a quick read per se of like, oh yeah, that took me seven minutes and I'm done with the issue already. It's not that, but it's just like, the, you're just constantly just moving. And so how we just mentioned of all the characters that are, are juggling um, in this story, the plot points that we're hitting and the action that happens and all of that. And it's like, and he does all of that without doing, he's not a fan of like, he doesn't want to do internal monologues, like internal dialogue. It's somebody's talking to someone that that's what you're reading on each page. You're not reading. So I was sitting in jail. I'm just, man, my life, where has it gone? I'm reflecting on, you know, it's none of that, which, you know, some people, some uh, writers do it and they do it well. Some do it and you're just kind of like, you turn the page and you see, shit, that's a lot of dialogue. You know, where it's like, this is feeling like it's going to slow me down. He doesn't do that. So when there is dialogue on the page, it matters. It's progressing. We're moving forward constantly. And I think that is another strength that I think he continues to do. I'd say it even bleeds into the which Von Fries he wrote, but the Harley Quinn story that his wife wrote. I get that same vibe with that too, that that book just goes. And then, I mean, Generation Joker's two issues in um, with his with Katana Collins and Clay McCormick. But that, you know, the two issues are also, they're just going. It's not slowing down. The two Red Hood issues in this story are like moving. And so I just applaud that, which I think is another reason that i keep that i come back to like this these stories with such a an affinity for is because i'm I'm just like man they these stories move and somehow you cram so much stuff in it and it it doesn't feel like it's dragging sagging or shortchanging anything yeah and and i'll tell you this just just to get it out of the way um you hate started damn i knew it (laughs) (laughs) when i first started reading this book um there were two things that really concerned me. Okay. Um, and it's the first when time you, when you first started it, like the first issue or approach. Yeah. It. Yeah. Okay. Like the first couple of issues when okay. I first started reading this series, um, two things that really concerned me was one, the way that Joker was back because, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's implanted this chip into Bruce's head and he's become this hologram. And at first I was like, okay, Sean, where are you going with this? Cause I'm, I, it was almost, it was almost a little too out Come there on. for me at first. <laughs> and, you know, I'm the guy that loves all this wild stuff, you know, yeah. fantasy. But in this particular story, I was like, ah, I don't know. But then again, the way that that Murphy went about it as the book went on, he got me on board. So I was really with that. Um, and it actually, funny enough, the last book we covered last night, last night on earth, it kind of mm-hmm. reminded me a little bit of that with, with the Joker, with the head in the jar, but he was Batman's biggest fan, you know, and everything he wanted to be a Robin and all this. There's some similarities there. It kind of reminded yeah. me a little bit of that. Uh, so, so I kind of got on board and then the Nightwing thing mm-hmm. really concerned me because <laughs> we had spent, you know, a, a majority of the first book, and I, if I remember correctly, it was a little bit touched on in the second book, but there was that tension between Bruce and Dick. And it seemed like everything was kind of, you know, everything was fine or or better than it was in the first book. And then you get in this one, it's years later and they're estranged again. And it was like, ah, why can't, 
Dick Grayson yeah, just get along. Like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't sure where they, how that was going to go either. And once again, I, I should have just trusted in Sean because he brought it together at the end. And we talked about how this was a Batman uh, or, or Bruce Wayne story, but I would almost push back on that a little bit and say, by the end of this story, it's very much a bat family story, which is great for me. So you're not, you were not alone. So he told, he told me, I think it was in that second interview. He did say, I don't remember which one it was, but he did tell me of like the Dick Grayson warning almost of like, I don't know if he said hesitancy or I don't want to put words in his mouth, but basically he he was aware of Dick probably does, isn't going to be a fan favorite or people are going to be worried that you know, he's, he does, has no redemption or, or anything like that. And it's like, but just wait, it's coming. And then something I really liked about this, the issues, the single issues was white Knight beyond the page where at the end of each issue, he did have a write-up um, mm-hmm. of, of something. And I'm trying to find it now where it's just, you know, just random topics. And then he, he'd write about it, like his thoughts like, from the thought, from the thoughts of Sean Murphy. Um, and I wish I could find it now. I was going to mark it and I didn't where he did address that. I'm going through every single one. It's going to be. Yeah, it is. Damn it. I should have marked it. It's going to be the last one I look at. The actual question was about like, why do you, why do you hate Dick Grayson? And he, I mean, he said something to the lines of, yeah, Sean, why do you hate Dick Grayson? I get this question a lot and I can assure you that I'm actually a massive fan of Dick Grayson. (laughs) Like, and then he kind of said, you know, here of, of, I don't blame readers for getting the opposite impression. White Knight mostly casts him in opposition to Bruce and rarely highlights him in a meaningful way. Um, So he owns up to it and he was aware and he said, you know, that, you know, I mean, says thanks for hanging in there and stuff, but the perks to reading or to getting these specific issues, because those write-ups are not included in the hardcover. I don't mm-hmm. know if they'll be included in any other future printing. So that, like, that's cool, at least of a little bit more of, you know, the human behind these stories is giving you a little bit of insight to that, but he was fully aware of the Dick Grayson possible issue from fans. And then, I mean, as we expected, there's a great, there is a great scene uh, with Bruce and Dick, you know, coming up, I think it's issue six. And then it is. uh, And then Blight gets, takes out Dick and that's the big teaser, you know, at the end of that. And then some redemption and all is well coming together in the seventh issue to where all ends up good. So it's like, it took a while, but then it's like, sometimes you have to wait to really earn that earn those those moments so it is like as a reader a relief to see okay bruce and dick are getting along again phew you know (laughs) and and that's what makes it worth it for me because as much as i was hesitant on on how he was portraying dick at the beginning of the story that i mean i i love issue six of the of this story um when we get to that part where bruce and dick for lack of a better term reconcile Mm -hmm. um it's such an awesome moment and it's, it's something that other writers have done. Um, but when it's done well, you know, there's something about, um, Dick and Bruce when they're kind of throwing aside the, you know, the gruff exterior and they're really just being almost, you know, father and son, uh, Tom Taylor recently did it 
in his Nightwing run, and mm-hmm. it's it's amazing. I love it. So yeah, that's where Sean turned it around for me because it took until issue six. But when that moment happened, I was like, okay, yeah, you got me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it's almost like there. It's interesting to me how many writers, uh, writers and artists teams they get me back and forth where I do feel like it's a father son dynamic, but then I also feel like big brother, little brother as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it kind of goes back and forth with that. And I think this story too has moments where it does feel that way of the father son. And then at times too, it just feels like, yeah, big brother, little brother at odds and clashing. And well, so I applaud Bruce that. Even I like, mentions I like that. that. Bruce even mentions that in this story mm-hmm. because he's telling, I think it's Dick. He's telling, um, you know, I, I treated you like a brother when what you really needed was a father. Mm. So yeah, there, yeah, there's yeah. that yep. moment. It's a really there great moment go. in the book. So you were number and, one son and I treated you like number two. <laughs> <laughs> to quote old Ozzy, but that's not even accurate because uh, actually Dick was like uh, son number two in this universe. Another note that Murphy expanded upon his thoughts um, in one of these you know, at the end of the issue writings that he did about making Jason the first Robin. Which to me, I never, apparently a lot of people found that to be a huge deal. I didn't, it didn't bother me at any point. Um, I almost would have even argued that I'd have missed it at first in the beginning because it just seems so small and just like, this could totally play like Dick was first and he's just looking in Jason, it's Jason's tombstone in that cemetery. Like, yeah, because Jason died. Like, that's lore. We know that. It didn't automatically scream to me that Dick was the second Robin. And then I know that there was like a piece of dialogue too that kind of confirmed mm-hmm. it. But I never thought that but was then a big they, deal. But then he he makes it to where, at least for this kind of, because this is basically Elseworlds. It's, it's not mm-hmm. main continuity. So he makes it in a way where in my mind it clicks and makes sense because the first Robin was the one who in this world the he was the one who got captured by Joker and, and mm-hmm. you know so the first robin was batman's biggest mistake instead mm-hmm. of the second robin so it, yeah. it, he learned from it and it kind of makes sense in the in that aspect you follow yeah, me <laughs> yeah no 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 I, I follow you for sure and i think why maybe i didn't and maybe some others i'm not going to make it like um make up reasonings for anybody else. But like, for me, it's just like, well, we just know a Robin died to Bruce's knowledge and it was traumatic for him and it had lasting effects. Mm-hmm. The specifics to me don't matter. A Robin died. Bruce is like torturing himself over it and it has lasting, you know, and lasting impact. And so, I mean, and that's where, while this is an like you said, even it could be an Elseworlds kind of Batman story, but it keeps the it feels like it keeps the canon of Batman, the important things of Batman, like they're all there. It's just mm-hmm. there's, you know, uh, stuff is familiar, but also a little bit different rather than drastically different, like a lot of Elseworlds stories truly are, you know, like vampires and stuff. <laughs> right. I, that's right up your alley. But um <laughs> That's why, yeah. So all that works for me. So I mean, I'm glad that I, I knew we'd touch on the Bruce and Dick um, dynamic in this. So I'm glad. I'm glad that was the one out the gate. Um, you briefly mentioned Joker 
I think that I don't want to say I was hesitant. I was just like, oh, by the end of reading that first issue as he's standing there and it's like, and you know, that's the teaser because he Murphy ends each issue with a, not a teaser, a cliffhanger. Maybe that's mm-hmm. a tease too. You're like, what the fuck? Um, yeah. Exactly. That's, that's just, but he's dead. He didn't dodge that bullet to the head. Like he is, he is gone. And then mm-hmm. He Sean explained it to me that in that first interview of what was coming up next. And then, you know, fortunately, I didn't have to wait long. And I read the next issue like the next day or whatever. And I'm like, this is interesting. This on paper, I don't know that I'd have been sold on that idea. Mm-hmm. I'd have been kind of like, I don't know. This just doesn't. Eh. I don't I have my hesitancies about it. But I think how I think you can see through the through the dialogue and the actions of stuff. Of like the that maybe he had so much fun crafting the dialogue between the two. Mm-hmm. Because I thought, like, I genuinely loved the Jack Bruce dynamic in this entire story. I thought it was just fantastic throughout. Yeah. I did too. And and the the level of of writing is mm-hmm. is what kind of keeps you intrigued and keeps you on board with it. Um, I will say the only hesitancy I have mm-hmm. is um, like still have not like during still, it, still, have. still have. Okay. Still have the only hesitancy hesitancy. I still have is that there, there could, there's that potential for the complaint that the Arkham games got, you know, it's always Joker, you know, that, oh. that could be, that could be a complaint if it happens again or you know what I'm saying? Sure. Um, I, I, I have no doubt that Sean could write it in a, in a way where you would be on board and you would appreciate it. But there is that hesitancy because people say that about every kind of Batman media, you know, why does it always have to be Joker? So that, that is my only concern about if we were to do more Joker in the future. Gotcha. Like generation Joker. (laughs) sort of but kind of sort of yeah <laughs> but I, not I, get really. the, I mean i get the the plan not the plan i get the i uh the idea for that sure uh because there can be so they've got a joaquin phoenix you know joker sequel coming out if they did and there's joker's gonna pop up and you know he's in matt reeves is the batman universe if they did another universe and another joker it would just start to lose steam to where i'm not like well i'm not just so excited about this whereas it was nicholson was joker the first live action joker in over 20 years after him it was 19 years until there was another joker live action like spaced out like that it does become almost a little bit like eventful it's like oh man who it starts happening all the time sure this version and this this version and this Jack Joker thing that has existed this whole White Knight universe helps make that different to me that I'm not tired. Um, And he was and then he threw and through he was a supporting character in this. Mm. And I think that's why I, I'm not I'm not sick of it yet. Um, well, I, I don't know I why I said that... it yet because maybe I, I never will be. I just mean like in reading this, it was just like intrigue of like, what? How is this happening? And then I was just all about every like all their scenes and dialogues and stuff. So 
I understand for sure what you're saying. It hasn't hit me. Well, and I think that's the dynamic that works is because there is the Jack yeah. Napier aspect to mm-hmm. it. Um, because with like, if you're looking at the Arkham games, every game there was Joker was the obstacle, you know, and even in the game in Origins, the game that was supposed to be somebody else with Black Mask, it turned out being Joker. one of the best Joker entrances of all time in that game. My God, <laughs> it, it was. <laughs> but that was a huge complaint about that game as Joker again, you know. So I I do think there's that differentiation though between because Jack is such a fascinating character in these stories. And especially in this one, because this version of Jack is almost like a it's a melding of Jack and the Joker. Mm -hmm. You know, because you've got you've got the the wacky zany I was gonna say attitude of the Joker. The hyperness Mm -hmm. of the Joker is present with him throughout. He's a giddy Giddy, giddy kid in every aspect. A giddy Batman fanboy throughout. Which was not the case with Jack in the first two books. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. But you've still got good guy Jack Mm -hmm. in there. So And then then it is a nice dynamic. You bring Harley in there and all of a sudden he does get very serious. Mm -hmm. You bring, he sees Jackie for the first time and he gets very serious. So then, yeah, you do have that like, yeah, like multi-dimensional character here not just flipping out fanboy all the time and, and stuff either but all of that is is entertaining in and of itself and i mean and sometimes i'll admit even in reading it this time around i try i do like pause for a second and try to think of like okay how is this working again because i don't know that i have it completely figured out and understood the mechanics and the specifics of how it's working and then I and then I can be like, oh, yeah, it's this and this. Or I can just be like, I just kind of don't care how it's worked. Like how? <laughs> I don't know how yeah. a car is fully operating, but I know to put gas in it and then let's go. And and I will. So, right. Um, th- that's kind of with uh, with this. But I mean. It, it's just it's really entertaining to me, and I think. um, Funny obviously and especially in zoning in on sometimes like you can think too of it is i mean it's bruce's subconscious also having these mm-hmm. conversations like he's conversing with himself at times too and i mean if you ever remove yourself and just think about that and it's not like well shit we're all doing that like every day like we're having five yeah. conversations at once like every single day and somebody's contradicting our thought and then the other one's contradicting that thought and it's like so it's not it's somebody just put a twist on that and applied it to characters that we know right. in the story. And I, I, I don't know. It's if it's been done somewhere else in some other medium, similarly, like I'm blanking on that right now, but I think it's just like an original idea that totally worked in a way mm-hmm. to keep Jack Napier going and in the story and not just to be like, Hey, funny joke. Hey, funny joke. It's like, you still, you still have fallout of like this, uh, this trio of Jack, Bruce, and Harley. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that hasn't run out of steam. No, and, and there's the revelation. You know that that basically to uh for for mutual benefit, Harley and Bruce got married. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, that was cliffhanger yeah. for issue two. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And because even Joker or or Jack or however you want to refer to him, he's like, wait a minute, I think I missed something here. Which yeah, exactly. I love. Um, 
He is but, us. at that moment, like, what the hell? I think I missed a chapter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you have um so you have the the even Harley and Bruce are estranged in this because mm-hmm. he stopped having anyone visit him in prison. And you know, the the kids they consider him an uncle. So there's so many weird dynamics that you would never expect between Harley Quinn, Batman, and the Joker. Um, but it's it's done so well, and it's a fun ride the whole time. Yeah, and then we can't not touch on issue five. That I don't know if you heard that. That was my cat uh, making a cameo appearance here. Issue five is maybe I think is definitely the funniest issue in Beyond the White Knight. It might be the funniest issue of the White Knight story. Especially when Bruce and Jack play Freaky Friday. And Joker ends up in Bruce's body in the bat suit. And that shit was excellent. (laughs) Like, hilarious. And it gets me every single freaking time. I shit you not. Of when he's first in the suit. And then he's jumping through and he has to take out the guards. And it's, you know, you see Kapow, Chop, Zang. Uh, and then you go to the next page and Bruce says, you don't need to shout your own sound effects, you know. Yeah. And then I'm like, wait, what? And then I go back and I see that and I'm like, oh, my God, it was there the whole time. And I totally yeah. just took it as the sound effects. word noises. bubbles. <laughs> yep. Oh, my gosh. It's hilarious. It gets me every time. It got me. It got me this time. I'm not kidding. I'm like, oh my god, that again. I forgot. <laughs> like, well, and it's uh I, I love that Bruce is giving him instructions, you know, punch that guy in the yep. throat. <laughs> yeah, yes. things like that. Punch the first one in the throat. I can tell by the way he's standing that he's the most dangerous. The second one will hesitate, hit him next. The third one moves like a new recruit. You should be able to kick him through that window before he reacts. Like yeah, exactly. It's classic Bruce. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the the impetus behind all that is is Bruce's panic attacks. Yeah. Um, because he can't control his body, he's having these panic attacks, which is is fascinating too. Another thing um, thrown into this story that pops up multiple times and builds, and mm-hmm. is like another thing that he's thrown into this that I think works. Yeah, and, and it's fascinating because it's Harley Quinn, of course, the you know the mental health professional, mm-hmm. who is the one. That, of course, you have panic attacks. How could you not? Yeah, you know, after everything you've been through, the kind of life you've led, of course you have panic attacks. All of us, we and, break it down. Of Bruce Wayne as a character is like, yeah, this guy, duh, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I love at the end that she's the one that pulls him out of the biggest one, um, because she gives him his identity back. You know, he's refused mm-hmm. the whole story through to embrace Batman and yeah. to to put the mask back on and to be who he is. Which is another thing, Ryan, if you would have told me that I would love a story where Batman doesn't put his cowl on until the final issue, I would have told you you're crazy. But yep, I, I'm never that's... one that wants an action figure of the unmasked version. I'm like, no, I want the mask. Me either. On. Yeah, In movies, I don't want the... I'm like, what? the mask, put the mask back on. Like, I, I want to see the mask on. I and don't then want he puts... the new McFarlane gold label Michael Keaton Batman statue that doesn't have the mask. Yeah, I don't want it. Me neither. Yeah. I, I like the mask and hold. So I'm I'm totally with you. And by that first image of what we see um for you know for issue one, I thought, oh, we're gonna get to that eventually. Um, and then when you do see later on on the cover, it might be issue three where yeah, it's hooded Bruce in the suit, and I'm kind of like, huh. Well, I hope he gets to put a 
a cowl on. But then I was like, but wait, he's got he's got a beard. Wouldn't that look silly? And when he puts the cowl on, I mean, it does kind of go through it. It makes me giggle a little bit because I'm just like, mm. well, Batman doesn't have facial hair. Like if he does, he's a little scruffy, but he doesn't have a beard. But uh, yeah, I mean, his his suit was cool. I hope there's a McFarlane figure coming for this because I will be buying it because I like it. My first yeah, unmasked action figure. <laughs> Uh, well, and I think what helps with that, and this is just an artistic touch that I love that Murphy does, is the shadows that cast all the time. Yes. So anytime Bruce is standing or jumping or anything like that, you know, it's Bruce unmasked, but there's a Batman shadow on the wall. And, and he, one of my favorite ones is in issue six when he and Nightwing are, are jumping in the air and you've oh, got man. the Dark Knight, you know, the Dark Knight Returns shadow on the wall. Yep. And it's oh god, you got you got me. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that one's that one's badass. That's great. But I mean, and then he does it, he does it with everybody. I mean, Harley, he mm-hmm. does the classic jester Sue, uh Jack all the time. He's looking, you know, I know it's hard to say, but the hair, the create like more crazy joker hair rather than mm-hmm. the fine combed stuff of Jack. Uh Nightwing. Uh, which I know could seem like it's harder to do, but he does do it. Uh, Barbara's never suited up as Batgirl on this, but yet the shadow can be, you know, Barbara's Batgirl with the cape and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, well, even Jackie, yeah. cast, she had a Joker yeah. shadow at one point. Yep. So, yeah, he does a lot with his shadows, but and it's it's really awesome. I like that. Yeah, and what I want to touch on, and then we can move off of Joker real quick, is at the end of that Freaky Friday switch. Um, you do get because it's a Sean Murphy Batman book. You get a Batmobile shot uh, with all the Batmobiles lined up, and he's and you know Joker. It's funny too of just you know a room full of Batmobiles. The stage just keeps getting better. He's like get in. He's like not this one. I say we take the tumbler, which is funny that Joker keeps going back to he wants the tumbler, um, mm-hmm. and which he does get it at the end too. And then but Bruce points at the eighty nine one, and then I think this this is like. Sean Murphy being meta and that, he, you know, he has Jack say, why is it always this one? You always find a way to work it in. Don't you? I think that's flat out. He's commentary on. He always finds a way of like, Oh yeah, I, I got to do that. 89 Batmobile. <laughs> Cause I swear that I heard him say it somewhere. Not that's what he's doing here, but like he, I, I could have sworn I've heard him mention something about like, if he can put in a, a 89 Batmobile and he's very fond of that one. But I think he likes mm-hmm. the tumbler too. Um, Notice Seems missing, like notice missing from it are Batman Forever and Batman and Robin Batmobile. <laughs> In that shot, yeah. I mean, got the the Pattinson one, which I spotted very early on when uh, we're in Powers, Powers Tower. Um, I did mm-hmm. see you saw the back of the Pattinson one, but I mean, in that shot, the animated series, the White Knight one, uh, eighty nine, the Batman Justice League slash BVS Batmobile. 66 and then tumbler at the bottom so almost got them all in um got the got the best ones i think not that i hate forevers but i think i like all the other ones more i have a soft spot for forever but i do too because little nine-year-old ryan i've said here way too many times one of the best christmases of all time it was a batman christmas and i got the batmobile and it lit up and it shot things and it was amazing great christmas um anyways (laughs) Uh, let's move. Let's move right on. Let's talk uh, villain in one Sir Derek Powers um, plays 
he's in this story definitely enough. I also don't feel like he's shortchanged here. Um, mm. He's definitely up to something that all is not really revealed on that until I think the very, very end, which we'll get to in a moment. Um, throughout reading this, though, I don't know who voiced him in the cartoon. So I'm not I'm not a powers expert because, like I said, I haven't watched every episode of Batman Beyond. And again, I do like the show. I just haven't watched every single episode. Um, I'm pulling it up now to see who voiced him in the same in the cartoon. Did you hear that voice as you were reading it? I heard Clancy Brown for some reason. Oh, that makes I was reading it with like a very deep Lex Luthor-ish voice, even though that's that's not it. But um, yeah, I can't find it. So it's Sherman Howard. Sherman uh, Howard voiced okay. Derek Derek Powers. I I really liked what they did with with Derek Powers throughout this story. What Sean did. Um, I love that if you're not going to use old man Bruce, they completely flip the script mm -hmm. and Derek powers is still a bastard. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't in Batman beyond. He is in beyond the white Knight. manipulative asshole, he, very <laughs> manipulative because he's basically, it's kind of flipped where he's the old man Bruce mm -hmm. in this because he's, you know, he's got Terry, um, in the first, in the very first issue, that's how it opens. He's sending Terry into the Batcave to get this prototype suit, which is the Beyond suit, and then he kind of becomes a quasi old man Bruce, teaching Terry how to become Batman, basically. But he's yeah. got ulterior motives, and again, he's a bastard. Mm -hmm. And I was not sorry when he had his accident and became yeah blind. when he had his accident. And I gotta say, uh team effort here for sure because yes the drawing is good uh i think dave stewart yeah dave stewart was on it that coloring of when he's blight is freaking awesome like that yeah. so one positive always with batman beyond for me and i've always loved the color scheme of red and black always goes mm -hmm. well together. I always loved I always loved the Batman Beyond suit. I've always thought it looked awesome. Um that pops like when he when Murphy does, you know, I think the the first full page of Beyond like the McGinnis uh Beyond suit looks awesome. And then there's a couple other times where it just looks awesome and looks great. And then you do I think of the variant cover for issue six was blight and it was like a black cover, but then he was glowing around it. And I was like, man, this. This looks great. <laughs> and then, yeah, when he shows up towards the end um, and glowing and stuff like that, like, yeah, the coloring of that just looks awesome. Like. I wasn't leave them wanting more. Mm -hmm. But I didn't feel again, didn't feel shortchanged. Uh, he was in a, an appropriate amount that the story required as Blight. Uh, the ultimate, like the the final inclusion of him was him against Terry. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, that's nodding to Batman Beyond. It's not totally hijacking that. You do have Beyond Batman going up against the Beyond villain. Um, so that was cool. So yeah, I think Powers was utilized really well uh here here also well and then you have that ultimate you know that's like f you bastard villain 
revelation yeah. where this this entire story Terry has been searching and trying to get you know trying to avenge his father mm-hmm. and powers was behind it the entire time even though he he basically he basically set Terry loose on Bruce by trying to convince him that Bruce is the reason that um Warren was killed and then of course no at the end it was all powers the whole time yep. and there's even more that powers was trying to do which we find out at the very end which is awesome <laughs> well let's go to that uh okay so the it was interesting in knowing that when I'd asked, I know, I'm sorry, I keep saying when I talk to Shumar, but it's like, well, there's my source right there. It's there of things that he said. And he did mention of an idea of the Justice League. Um, He didn't say that's definitely coming. He, I feel like there was a moment in time because he's, uh, he's pretty freaking open on Instagram with his work and stuff that he's going uh, working toward and stuff. And he's sharing. And mm-hmm. I thought that he did a post one time that was like, I just, I don't know if there's going to be a volume four of white Knight. And honestly, like I'm okay with that if it doesn't happen. And it definitely felt like, Oh, okay. Well maybe Beyond's going to be it. And, and there's going to be that generation Joker story. And then that's it for white Knight, um, at least for the foreseeable future. And then it seemed like just a couple weeks later, like it which i was surprised actually that it was before the issue came out but i also understand marketing to get, gain interest it you know flat out was there i don't know if you were spoiled on it or not superman is coming to the white knight universe spoiler alert <laughs> um superman's coming to the white knight universe in that apparently he does have a story cooking of um, bringing the Justice League characters into his story, Brian, and I did not know that was happening until I flipped the page. Oh, good the for final you! Issue, and there's Superman, and I was, you know me. Well, perfect. I was over the moon. <laughs> so excited! So, like I said, um, I I did get to read that last issue like a month before it came out. I had no idea. So I'm with you in that regard of when I got to that last. So when the FBI shows up, Agent Prince and Agent Stewart, I was like, well, son of a bitch, look at that. (laughs) And then, yeah, the next page was drawing of Superman. I, too, was kind of like, oh, shit, look at that. Mm -hmm. And then when it did come out that. Yeah, he's got an idea and I think volume four, you know, looks like that's going to be happening and stuff. And then he even secretly did a super secret variant um, with Superman cover, which was there in the comic shop. And I didn't double dip and I didn't pick it up. And I I don't know now if that's pretty like expensive to find and whatnot, but that's okay. But yeah, like, okay, that's interesting. And then you do like it does snap together after that. It is. Then it took me a while to think, wait, wait, oh, so powers, he's. In a way, yeah, he's a bastard. He's also kind of like, well, I'm going to sell all this high-tech military gear to the people because to save our species, as I think he even said in one of his lines. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, okay. Well, now that that does make sense. Well, it's he's kind of like, it's almost like the he's the the Jesse Eisenberg Lex Luthor in that moment because yeah. he's, he's trying to provide the world with a, with a deterrent for... Uh-huh. 
you know, metahumans. And so, maybe maybe there was maybe there was a, a scene where Powers was putting a Jolly Rancher in another guy's mouth. And, and <laughs> yeah, maybe well, Sean Murphy um, had to just cut it, though. Damn. Too bad. So I was curious about this uh, at leading up to us recording this episode, because I know you have um, I know you you love Superman, but I know that you have preferences when it comes to Batman. And this yeah. story has been. I mean, this series has been very much Gotham focused. It's been very much Batman and his world and and just his world. So I was very curious how you would react to now metahumans, Superman, Wonder Woman, you know, et al. coming into this world. So but it sounds like you you responded very well to it. I did. And that's what's really it's interesting to me that especially when it i don't know i think i'm i've always been and this is not just in in comics it's in a lot of like areas of life of i'll play with the hand that i'm dealt and then i can tell you i can evaluate it afterward on if i enjoyed playing with that hand or not so much mm -hmm. uh so and i've learned as i've gotten older cuz i think i was more um reactive instantly to things when i was younger to where matured not much but a little bit to <laughs> give stuff time give things a chance and then be able to evaluate of like okay well i did give this a shot and surprisingly like this uh yeah it wasn't much of a fan so when it comes to this too it is just like well you know what i'm not the biggest batman beyond fan and i'm a massive sci-fi fan and look at he uh he won me over on this story Hey, I'm I just I'm not a bit I'm not an Azrael fan. Oh, I liked Azrael in your story. So it looks like another thing where I'm like, well, my preference is Batman more like in Gotham, and that's just where where he stays stories in Gotham. Those are my favorite. Um so now he's gonna win me over and maybe take Batman out of Gotham and also put him up with uh people with powers. Not Derek Powers, but, but super and that was and that was kind of kind of what I was thinking too, because with me, I mean, he's automatically got me. With I mean, you put Batman and Superman together, expanding the me. DC universe, like yeah. yeah. But with you, I think, uh, and and for a lot of people, I think they have that preference. It seems like you've already gained my confidence, so let's just see where you go. You haven't missed, like in yeah. this. It, I mean, haven't missed. So why the hell would I doubt anything now? You right. have my attention. I'm like great let's see what you do let's see how you surprise me here how does this bruce that you've created fit in with those others you know mm -hmm. uh i want to share now something um so where you know the white knight universe is going so this is uh hot off the press um for I've been very lucky to get to talk to Sean Murphy periodically exchanging emails. And I told him that you and I are recording this episode. And he said, if you want some insider info, I haven't shared before. Um, you can say uh, this, this is from him ver verbatim in the, in the, oh, I feel like we need email. the, do, 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 do. yeah, I wish I had one or the, what is it from the Batman? The, yeah. He said, I pitched an expanded White Knight universe in late 2021 with different spinoffs and different teams that I would be the, quote, manager of lending my name to each book with covers, plot, etc., but with different creative teams. So like with uh, Red Hood, um, Generation Joker, Harley Quinn, a continuation of stuff like that. 
We were looking to keep a White Knight title on the shelf each month with maybe three different titles a year, four issues each. They would include Batgirl, Nightwing, them finally getting together, a Harley, Neo Joker, an Ivy book, and a prequel to White Knight Volume 1 featuring the story of Bats and Catwoman. She's never been mentioned in this universe, so we wanted to address that. The entire idea wasn't something I was totally sold on. Running an imprint was never part of my plan. But because it was COVID and DC was struggling, I thought it would help the company out. But with the layoffs and other company dramas, they never got back to me. So I ended up retracting the pitch. I was anxious. I was anxious to start making plans for my next projects and didn't want to wait for DC. I was also annoyed they didn't respond, even with a quick no thank you. So I was happy to move on, which is when I got more interested in Zorro and starting my own small press called Gearshift with Whatnot Publishing, also called Massive. I'm not sure if I'm coming back to Batman, but if I do, it won't be for the next few years. I'm currently planning more books for my imprint, which includes Plot Holes, Zorro, and an unannounced book called The Last Driver, and looking into more licensing opportunities. With many small publishers closing their doors over the next few years, I'm hoping there's opportunity for someone to fill in the gap. So I'm trying to look into many different possibilities. So with that word, like, I'm not sure if I'm coming back to Batman. I wonder... I, I think post the Justice League one, because even at the back of issue eight, he mentions that there's two things coming. One is Generation Joker, which is currently coming out. And then he said, uh, world's finest white knight is what it's going to be called. So after that, um, that maybe that's the last chapter. But when I hear the fact of the Batgirl Nightwing idea, Maybe how so when you were saying earlier of maybe Barbara feels like not shortchanged, but there's more. Maybe that was why it was saved was because of this idea of, you know, their four issue story expanding. Uh huh. Yeah. Like a, a Neo Joker and Ivy book. Yeah, I'm there. A story. I thought that it was great of White Knight starting so, where like so far into Batman's career. It, you have that chunk of everything before of all that time where you can do so many things. And so a story of Batwoman, Batwoman, Batman and Catwoman, like that'd be great. So it's just kind of like a, well, what the shit DC? Like you, this is like, this is a moneymaker. You love to do spinoffs. You love to do tie-ins. You love making money. So what the hell? <laughs> like mm-hmm. that doesn't make any sense to me. Like this is, these are, I don't follow because it's almost impossible to be able to follow how many like sales for individual issues and stuff like that. But I mean, when he's, when he sent that, it was just kind of like, what the hell? Well, that's a bummer. We're getting shortchanged of, of more, you know, of building out this, the Murphy verse and the, the, uh, what do you want to call it? Like the, Oh my God, the spinoff books have all worked for me. Like, even though he's involved in story, but somebody else is writing and somebody else is drawing, it's still somehow they're pulling it off where it does feel connected and part of the same thing. So it's just like, God damn, that's too bad. But his other work, I've read plot holes. Plot holes is awesome and very like original. And so there are aspects of curse with the flashbacks that I instantly thought Zorro. So when he said he's working on Zorro's like, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Like, Of course it does. And I've seen some of his art for Zorro and it looks fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. Th- and th- that's the silver lining is, um, you know, there's Generation Joker and and the um, World's Finest. Uh, so that I, I'm assuming we're still getting World's Finest. I mean, that's that's what I feel. 
like okay. because it was in the back of that issue that that's that that's coming so maybe he is yeah. meaning after At post that. that yeah i hope so but even so i mean if those two are the last books um you know what a run yeah. i mean <laughs> i mean even if and generation joker's off to a great start and i'm sure white uh you know world's finest will be great but if we don't get anything after that i mean i've got a hell of a universe to to reread here yeah so. to reread and they're i mean they're they're dense there's a lot to each one so i mean rereading them would be a nice little uh would be a nice treat and i mean i felt like a you know like a big shot that had a connection because he's like well if you know you want some insider info here's a here's a you know a story that you can share i'm like oh look at me look at the batman book club <laughs> well i appreciate I got, it I, a, I mean i've got a source <laughs> when, when you were given breaking news i was i was hoping you were going to be like five more titles but <laughs> you've heard it here first okay the next 15 years nothing but murphy verse <laughs> uh yeah so that was um i appreciate that that he that he sent that to me and the fact that he even responds to me is um I don't yeah, know. It's awesome. Generous. It's very nice. Makes me feel uh, special. Makes me feel like I matter. Uh, uh, just a dork that won't stop emailing people. Like that's <laughs> that's me. Um, I need to start shooting some emails. It sounds. There like. you go. Yeah, just start annoying people. Eventually they'll respond. <laughs> um, yeah, I know we've been going about like I felt like this with uh, what did I do? Flashpoint last episode with justin kowalski like we went like an hour 20 hour 25 and when we got done he was like man i'm sorry i feel like we didn't even hit on everything i'm like yeah we didn't like that's what's crazy and i think with this we could dissect this more um mm. but i know like we have schedules we've got to stick to so i mean i guess i can say as we get to the favorite parts like do you have something still that you needed to mention wanted to mention really quick or are you good no, I mean, there there's a ton of stuff I could talk about with these sure. books. Yeah, I mean, there's here. so many, so many little nuances and details in this book. I mean, I could talk about it for hours. Um, but the things that I really wanted to talk about, I think we did discuss. Okay. Um, I know as soon as we stop recording, I'm something's gonna hit me, and I'm gonna be like, yeah. "Oh, I wish I, I wish we had talked about this." <laughs> we'll um, do but, a revisiting beyond the white night. <laughs> hey, in a couple years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, real quick, what do you think of the Red Hood two issue? I did, so that's when those were coming out. I w I was kind of curious because I knew it wasn't going to be Sean's art or anything mm -hmm. like that. And it sometimes I've told you this before. Sometimes mid book when the art switches, it's kind of it throws me. Art switching um, always gets me in comics, yeah. always. But but it didn't, and I think it's I think it's a credit to the story, um, because I think they took a character that a lot of people don't often recognize with which is jason mm -hmm. todd and they gave him a lot of meaning in this mm -hmm. book um and i love the dynamic between him and gan so it brought in a new character that you got on board with is hard to do um mm -hmm. and not to and more this. beyond references with shriek yes yeah yeah yeah. good good point mm -hmm. yeah um and then you have someone that's also like i'm gonna be robin like the natural instinct for all nerds is like no you're not yeah or whatever and then two issues and you're one over so um exactly i don't know if she's popping up at all um in the future she may have really quick in generation joker number one but uh yeah i don't know like uh 
applause there of bringing in somebody new and become somebody that you're uh, rooting for. Uh, Eric, let's get to some let's get to some favorites here. What was your favorite part of Beyond the White Knight? So my favorite part is in issue six. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the conversation, and we've already talked about it. It's the conversation between uh, Bruce and Dick. Okay, I, nice. I, I just love. Um, You're a sensitive one, Eric Carter. <laughs> it's Dick Grayson gets me. Yeah. Um, when they're when they're talking about their past, and you know, there's that there's that line from Bruce uh, where he says. Yeah, I pushed you away because I wanted to save you, but it ended up doing even more harm. I can see that now, but I promise that I've always loved you as much as you love your own son. And I wish I could have been a better dad like you. And you see just the tears coming down Dick Grayson's face. And it just, just, I don't know those two characters yeah. when they have moments like that, it really resonates with me. Um, and maybe it's cause I have a dad and son thing. I don't know, mm-hmm. but that's, yeah, it, that's my favorite part of the book. Nice. Uh, I may have said it was issue six earlier, and I need to stand corrected. Um, well, first off, the Blight variant cover was for issue number five that I referenced of like all black, but then Blight's glowing and looks awesome. Uh, that mm-hmm. was a variant for issue five. But then also the Freaky Friday scene, I might have said was issue six. That's issue five. And that is my favorite part of, of this book. Because oh, the freaky. nice fully entertained um, for that. I think it's awesome. I love it. Um. Oh yeah, and which touched upon I didn't touch on either. Uh what do you think of Bruce and Harley kissing? Um that one well, I wasn't so thrown by that one because I knew it was Joker. Um but then <laughs> when when we thought they did the what did she call it? The horizontal batusi. That's I right. Was like, well, that's a whole new ball game. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, hello. <laughs> yeah, White Knight exactly. after dark, huh? Okay. <laughs> He did show he did show in that second interview with us. He was working on and it's the panel of Bruce and Harley laying there. And, you know, Mm -hmm. she's got she's exposing uh, high thigh and stuff, too. And I forget what he'd said of something. They could just be napping or whatever. And I was like, hey, oh, 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 I'm able to. The fact that they said it was just kiss. And then the fact of knowing it was it was Jack. And then her saying she knew it was Jack is kind of like, okay, because I do like. Mm the Bruce Harley relationship in this of not, it just doesn't feel like romantic, but like sibling deep friendship sort of deal. It's like, yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's the, that's where it should stay for sure. In my opinion. So I I just flipped to that and I'd forgotten um, to ask you about that. How about your favorite panel in a book that I think this, this is the best drawn of the, of his white knight books. Um, I'll agree with that. It's I, I agree. Fantastic. Like, oh man, there's, there's some. I mean, I mean, his drawing and the coloring. Uh, he went all out on this, and I do. I just, yeah, say it again. I think this is the best drawn book of the three. So my favorite panel is actually a two-page splash. Uh oh. And it's in the same. It's in the same issue. It's it's the two-page splash of dick grayson and um bruce wayne batman and it's it's just like it's kind of like a montage of their lives together. A montage and it, i mean 
I would love if I had this piece of art without the words on it, mm-hmm. just as a poster that I could hang. Maybe you can buy it for like three thousand dollars or something. Whatever. Art oh yeah, I'm sure. Just... <laughs> Go to but the wife and be if, like, "So listen, there's, <laughs> if if there's a way I could get a print without yeah. you know a down payment on something, yeah, <laughs> I I yeah. yeah, gentleman's agreement. Okay, I owe yeah. you. I'll get it to you. Promise. <laughs> just just the art. I mean, it, of course, Batman and Robin in the middle. You know doing their thing is awesome. But then you get this story around the edges. Cause you've got, you know, the, the death of the Waynes, you've got him taking in Dick, you've got the, you know, the, the swearing in of Robin, yeah. Robin and, and Barbara. I mean, there's just so much in that page in those two pages that I love it. Yeah. So every now and then on this show, I'd like to say that, you know, bring up the fact that there was a movie released in 1991 um it's called point break and in it was uh one of the actors was gary Busey, and he has this very memorable line where he shouts at keanu reeves johnny utah's character and he says utah give me two give me two and i like to say uh eric give me two because that's my favorite uh panel in this story too in amazing all of these great images that he that he draws in full page Awesome beyond shots. Awesome Bruce when he suited up shots and blight and everything. And I'm like, for all the reasons you just listed of the Batman and Robin two page telling basically their story. Mm-hmm. Um, done perfectly done, done perfectly, almost in like a sapia tone um, with, you know, almost a little bit of like Robin's muted red, but still popping and in, in green and Barbara's red hair and her yellow, like, yeah, all of it it just looks great. And I love that it just goes through their history and everything. So I'm with you. Well, um, and I hear you say all the time, you know, you love an image that tells a story and this yep. literally tells mm-hmm. a story all the way through. Don't, don't need the dialogue that's, that's on there. Mm-hmm. Don't need it. And you pick up, you know what it's talking about and you can fill in gaps and carry on the story as you wish to. And yeah, that's always my favorite, uh, yeah. which I think I say all the time too on the show. Uh, would you like to see this animated Yes, after the first two. Yes, <laughs> exactly. They're just <laughs> now we're gonna skip the first two, going right into beyond. Okay, um, I I think this animation style and I think this storytelling absolutely lends to uh, DC and Warner Brothers animation, and I would love to see them adapt these. I would like to see. So I think he his you look at Sean Murphy's art and it's definitely it seems like anime slash manga is sort of influenced mm. um i'd be interested when they did batman ninja but you just do similar but i guess i mean and this may sound like i'm bastardizing it i'm not trying to but like americanize it mm. which i'm sorry if that's a sin but i just mean of like no you how they they did cr- took creative liberties in the look of ninja and it was different from these usual dc animated movies it's it, to me visually it stood out it looked different i think that's this book requires that you got to well, make it flash, look different flashpoint paradox comes to mind because that movie is is kind of anime through an american lens sure so, okay yeah like, like don't go quite that extreme with the huge bodies and stuff like that but <laughs> with the yeah, necks on necks <laughs> yeah yeah but you could do it yep yeah i mean that's how i would want it done um not to ever like shit on people 
who work on some of the movies that haven't been home runs or even doubles uh, and feel almost a little just run through the mill. I'm like, no, I want me as a fan. I want something that really stands out because this this story, all each of these stories really stand out. So, um, yeah, give me give me something that looks really good and distinct. Uh, I want to ask you, though, because I think I've got to put a poll out on this. Um, we're going to go. Well, you can include whatever you want. What has been your favorite White Knight story? White Knight, Curse of the White Knight, White Knight, Harley Quinn, or Beyond the White Knight? Uh, I got to go original. Uh, White Knight is still, after all this time, it's still my favorite. Um, and I think it's just because of the the way it hooked me in. Um, mm-hmm. And I just could not put that book down. Couldn't wait for it. At once I realized it was a thing, could not wait for the next issue. And it brought me, it brought me into this Murphy verse. So yeah, yeah it's got to be the original for me. Same here. Um, there is, if I had to like rank them, there are not huge gaps between one mm-hmm. and two, two and three, three and four. I think, I can say like beyond is probably my second favorite original is my favorite, but beyond's not too far behind that because I just think he did, he did a lot of juggling here and it was. I haven't thought that far ahead to rank them because it would hurt my heart to put one in last. That's why I can't go any further than that. It was really evaluating like, well, original, I think the first one is that's the top for me, but Man, I like this one so much. I think this might be this might be right behind it. But I like Cursed a lot. I like Harley mm. Quinn a lot. I mean, two issues of Generation Joker I'm really digging. So um that speaks volumes to White Knight. But yeah, probably put that question on the the Twitter poll to see what other listeners think. So um Eric, what's your final thoughts on Beyond the White Knight? Um, uh, yet another fantastic entry in the series. Um and at, at this point, it's become kind of like, you know, people say don't with movies, don't doubt James Cameron. And for me, with comics yeah. and, and Batman, don't doubt Sean Murphy because uh, mm-hmm. he he keeps delivering and anything he puts out, especially anything Batman, I'm down to read. So, yeah, love this book. And, and I hope we do continue to see him more on some DC stuff. Yeah. Same here. I I really dig his the original stuff he comes up with. So I mean, like you, kind of like he comes out with something. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be there reading it, no matter what it is. If I hope we do still get the world's finest white knight, um, because I'm curious what he's gonna do with that. And then if there's anything beyond that, great. If not, I mean you can't complain. Um, because I mean it's just delivered. There's a constant here with white knight stuff that it's just it's quality comic book storytelling and hey the art's really good too so how about that that never hurts never hurts uh this i mean i think we're almost approaching i can yeah like an hour and a half uh this has flown by for me so yeah thanks for thanks for coming back on my friend um always a joy talking to you and please uh plug away anything and everything that you want well thank you for inviting me again um I always love coming on the Batman book club. It's always a blast, yeah. especially when, especially when we're talking about a book that we both love last yeah, time. How about was that? Fun, but it was a little yeah. weird. Uh, 
<laughs> so, uh, but thank I you. I thought for it went me. well. I thought it, it went it well. Did. <laughs> it did. Uh, but thank you for inviting me again, Ryan. I appreciate it. And um, if you'd like to find me, my personal accounts can be found on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd at mecarter89. That's mecarter89. And then, as Ryan mentioned earlier, I do have my own Batman podcast. It is called The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast that can be found anywhere you get your podcasts. And you can find us on social media, uh, Twitter, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at TFR Batpod. Boom. Uh, I have your Flash episode still loaded. I haven't listened to it yet, but um, your review episode, your most recent one, reviewing the Flash. Yep. So I still got to listen to that one. Um, as for the Batman Book Club, you can follow on Twitter and Instagram at the Batman BC for latest episode drops, upcoming episodes, sometimes even some giveaways. I promise there's going to be one coming up really soon. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, hovering there. Uh, the latest thing dropped was Pete and I finally wrapped up the Road to No Man's Land omnibus. So go ahead and uh, go there, subscribe to that channel, and check that out. If you want to support the show, there's a variety of ways that you can do that. First up, like I said at the top of the show, patreon.com slash thebatmanbc. Another way, you go to tpublic.com, type in tbbc for the Batman Book Club. If you want to maybe get some merchandise with the Batman Book Club logo, thrown all over it expertly crafted by one sir justin kowalski but if you want to support the show and you don't want to spend any money at all it's 100 a-okay the easiest quickest and most impactful thing you can do is rate and review the show so wherever you listen to it apple spotify amazon google play iHeartRadio, or anything else go to the rate and review page and rate and review the show because the more reviews the show gets the more it helps spread the word and eric as we all know the word is panic so for Eric Carter, I am Ryan Lauer. And until next time, read my Batman cards.